The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Ecclesiastes says, whoever loves wealth is never satisfied. So we will begin with our read this week. This is from a book called Our Daily Bread by Wynne Collier, and it is entitled Our Deepest Longings. As a young man... Duncan had been afraid of not having enough money. So in his early twenties, he began ambitiously building his future. Climbing the ladder at a prestigious Silicon Valley company, Duncan achieved vast wealth. He had a bulging bank account, a luxury sports car, and a million-dollar California home. He had everything he desired, yet he was profoundly unhappy. Duncan said, I felt anxious and dissatisfied. In fact, wealth can actually make life worse. Piles of cash didn't provide friendship, community, or joy, and often brought him only more heartache. Some people will expend immense energy attempting to amass wealth in an effort to secure their lives. 
It's a full game. The book of Ecclesiastes in Scripture insists that whoever loves money never has enough. Some will work themselves to the bone. They'll strive and push, comparing their possessions with others and straining to achieve some economic status. And yet, even if they gain supposed financial freedom, they'll still be unsatisfied. It's not enough. Ecclesiastes continues, saying, This too, money and wealth, is meaningless. The truth is, striving to find fulfillment apart from God will prove futile. While Scripture calls us to hard work and use our gifts for the good of the world, we can never accumulate enough to satisfy our deepest longings. Jesus alone offers a real and satisfying life, one based on a loving relationship that's truly enough. What Duncan experienced is what many people who won lotteries tens of millions of dollars. The winners discover that it doesn't make them happy. And many of them have a lot of trouble. It may be hard to relate to that. Our lady said yesterday in the March 18th, 2020 apparition, My children, you cannot be happy if you do not love. I, as a mother, come to you through love to help you to know the true love, to help you know my son. There is no salvation without love. And that's a missing element. And a lot of times money makes you that way. There are people who have shared their wealth. It's those who have lived by what our lady said. I want you to read every Thursday, Matthew 6. Because money is not the problem. When the scriptures talks about that, it's the love of money that's the problem. And know that Our Lady, where she was appearing, was to peasants, people who sustained themselves from the soil. They grew everything, their own milk, the cows, the hogs, everything, on a micro scale. But they provide. So here's Our Lady telling them, I want you to read every Thursday about the love of money. Many don't understand these things. The reason we started on Thursday Metronomics was because of what Our Lady said. To educate people about money, things, life, a way of life. Because Our Lady has come to the world to change the way we live now. We will not be living this way in the future. You will see big changes. Yesterday, the ending of the second of the month messages is a huge thing. Now we're marching 12 months from yesterday to March 18, 2021. We spoke about that. I'm not going to go into that. What we discussed yesterday, you can go listen to that broadcast. The messages of Our Lady are a template on everything in the world, from nature, from the presidents, for politics, from businesses, for diseases, plagues, health, joy, sorrow, everything is in the messages of Our Lady. And particularly with Mariana, if you know somebody who doesn't believe, or they fall away from the faith, or they don't have faith, or they don't believe in God, or they don't know, everything sealed yesterday 
is encompassed in the second of the month messages. Maria's messages for the 25th is for the purpose of healing the whole world. And those will continue as far as we know at this moment. A lady doesn't give a warning. It just happens. Yaakov lost his apparitions. Tomorrow I will appear to you for the last time. He gets one apparition a year. Same thing with Ivanka. We talked about this last night. Mariana, when she lost her daily apparitions, the same thing. But we can look at the situations in the world, our nation, our towns, our cities, our village, our neighborhood. We know we have a fever. We know that the culture is sick. Where do we need to go? Money is a part of everything. All you hear about is the stock markets and all these things and what is happening about housing, food, jobs, etc. We're preoccupied with the wrong thing. In our lady's message yesterday, she says, all you have to do is to seek the face of my son. That's our answer. And that will make you start changing your life. I'm saying these things because we have a lot of new listeners. We had 10 times our normal audience. And of course, that was people telling people. But this is nothing. And we've got the largest Medjugorje website in the world, the most comprehensive. So if we jump that much, what's going to happen in the future? For those who don't know about it, there will be secrets. What we want to cover today is in a clip that people need to be educated about what is money, what is the economy. Why? Because it affects our spiritual life or destroys it. So this next three minutes is a purpose to open your mentality. All our lives we've been told that economics is boring. It's dull. It's not worth the time it takes to understand it. And all our lives we've been lied to. War, poverty, revolution. They all hinge on economics, and economics all rests on one key concept. Money. Money. It is the economic water in which we live our lives. We even call it currency. It flows around us, carries us in its wake, drowns those who are not careful. We use it every day, in nearly every transaction we conduct. We spend our lives working for it, worrying about it, saving it, spending it, pinching it. It defines our social status. It compromises our morals. People are willing to fight, die, and kill for it. But what is it? Where does it come from? How is it created? Who controls it? It is a remarkable fact that, given its central importance in our lives, not one person in a hundred could answer such basic questions about money as these. So if you were planning a family, you'd want to know where babies come from. Yes. And this is a lot about banking. So let me ask you, where does money come from? Where does the money come from? Where does any the money... The government prints it. It's printed off. Where does money come from? How is new money created? By labor. People work and, and produce wealth, and, that, and the money is supposed to match that wealth. Where does money come from? Well, I have a pretty different outlook on money. It actually comes from, like, trees, right? 
in regards to money, it was just conveyed. It is the economic water in which we live our lives. We even call it currency. It flows around us, carries us in its wake, and drowns those who are not careful. We see the whole world everywhere drowning right now because of the coronavirus. If we look at the systems existing today, the commerce, the consumerism, the materialism, we are caught in a web. You've heard us talk about Ivanka in 1989. And even though you've heard it, it's good to remember for what's happening now. Because back in 1989, I was with Ivanka, and our lady told her in her annual apparition on June 25th of that year, Pray because you are in great temptation and danger because the world and material goods lead you into slavery. So think way back to 1989. This is prophetic because we are enslaved. She continues and says, Satan is active in this plan. So the devil has put us where we are today. If you believe in the apparitions of Our Lady, you have to take the words and believe them. Satan is active in this plan. And to repeat a message that I say frequently, everything is passing, Our Lady said. Everything is falling apart, Our Lady said. Only the glory of God remains, Our Lady says. So here's this hint back in 1989. No, it's not a hint. It's an exposure of what the devil's doing. Satan is active in this plan. So we have to look at the economic system, where we are, and why we can't get away from it. The whole basis of the message is to wake us up, to bring us back to where we're supposed to be, because we're too far away from God. Why are we away from God? Because we went to materialism. We want to live a different way of life than what he ordained for us. What did he ordain? The Bible says, from dust you came, from dust you shall return. And we can relate that scripture to Genesis. Because after Adam's fall, he ordained him for his occupation, which is to be tied to the soil. In other words, we are an agrarian people. And when we get away from that, we get away from God. We could say it this way. We are bonded to the dirt. From dirt we shall return. I'm speaking in the context that we are too far away from being agrarian people. And we will go back to it. How? If everything passes and falls apart, and what's going to glorify God is to live what we're ordained for. You say, well, I don't want to do that. It doesn't matter. We shall return in our life, not just death, back to the soil. And we see these things now, and people are thinking, what am I going to do? What happens if food runs out? Everybody's shaken by this. Our Lady is breaking the darkness. She just recently told us, break the darkness. In the 1900s, 90% of the people were rural. They lived a agrarian life. 
It may be a doctor, but he still is close to the soil. He may be an officer or a newsman, but still they were close to the soil. Everybody was tied to it. So we're not talking about there's not other occupations. But all of us, in some way, has to be closer to the soil. We are dependent on a system Satan has built that is a house of cards, and when it falls, it's going to be bad. Is it going to happen now with the coronavirus and our economic situation? I don't believe that right now, but we're headed toward it. This is just a prototype of what things might come in the future because this system will go down. And God's given us a grace. Even the experiences we're having now is giving people reflection time to think, hey, you know what? I'm not in the right situation. I need to change some things in my life. And that's what he's been telling us for almost 39 years this June. So we have another clip that talks about the beginning of America and the pioneers and what they did and why they did it and what kind of people they were and why America turned into what it is. Future historians will certainly call the middle decades of the 20th century the most difficult, eventful, and exciting years in the world's and the nation's history. But if they are thorough historians, looking deeper than the spectacular scientific and political events that have shaken the world, they will call these same years the time of the great American agricultural revolution. For during the past 20 years, agriculture has progressed further than it had in the previous 200. During most of the long centuries since men started to grow food instead of living off of what they could find, they did it the hard way toiling long hours, and doing much of the work by hand. Then came the machine, and the farmer substituted horsepower for manpower, and he made progress. Very soon after, horsepower gave way to engine power, and with motor-driven equipment came breathtaking advancement. Today, the agricultural revolution has become so complete and the changes and benefits so thoroughly accepted, the modern farmer may easily forget that many of these wonderful things did not exist when he was a boy. Things like hybrid corn, contour farming, good roads, tractors, rural electricity, and modern functional farm buildings. To help us appreciate our rich agricultural heritage, let's pause and review the pageant of the American farm. The early settlers came to America for many reasons. Religious and political freedom, adventure, and probably the most important of all, for land of their own. The land was free, but taming it was not easy. From the great virgin forests, they literally carved out their farms and hunted the wild game they needed to supplement their limited farm produce. In colonial America, 94 out of 100 people lived in rural areas. There was land enough for everyone, and the typical farm family was almost totally self-sufficient. Farm buildings met the simplest requirements, a house for the family and a barn to shelter everything else that needed cover. 
Oxen, slow and plodding, were the chief beasts of burden, with a useful future as beef and shoe leather. Later in the central colonies, well-kept acres and durable bank barns spoke for the settlers' strong faith in the land. But they didn't overlook the possibility that colorful signs and symbols might exert some influence over seasons and crops. Now, field stone and massive timbers were combined to build strong, durable, two-level barns that provided shelter for livestock beneath a large mow and threshing floor. In the southern colonies, where the climate was mild and production was chiefly field crops, few farm buildings were needed. The land was held in large tracts, and much of the wealth it produced was lavished on the plantation manor. As the population increased, farmers pushed westward in search of still more land, to the Middle West, the Great Plains, and finally over the Rockies. They went by stagecoach, riverboat, and covered wagon. They moved with nothing but their families, clothing and linens, a few crude implements, a little stock, and lots of faith in the new land. As they settled, they modified the traditions they brought from the east and south to fit the climate and terrain of the new country. Thus, the bank of the bank barn was replaced with a ramp on flat prairie land, and the modest New England box grew far beyond its original size. The new western farmer had broad, rich acres and fine buildings, but he still relied on hand power and oxen. At this time, horses were relatively scarce and had more dignified uses. The coming change to horsepower was not anticipated, nor recognized when it started to happen. In 1857, in fact, at the dedication of Michigan Agricultural College, the governor spoke of the light and easy cradle, the handsomely turned three-time pitchfork, and the light, bright hole used by Michigan farmers. But in that same year, 10,000 steel plows were beaten out by blacksmiths around the country. When the Civil War came, a million country boys left farms and fields, and for four bloody years, thousands of farms were left untended. But after Appomattox, horses which had charged in cavalry raids, drawn artillery caissons or wagon trains, turned up on peaceful farms all over the north and south. More machines were invented, and they required power, horsepower. Additional acres were put under cultivation to feed this newfound power. And the horse barn became a fixture in the slowly growing complex of American farm buildings. Industry and trade, stimulated by the war, continued to expand, drawing more people to towns and cities, creating a new market for farm produce. To meet this demand, farmers began to specialize. Dairying was an example. The first milk deliveries, direct from the farm, were made from cans measured in dippers into the crocks or kettles provided by the consumer. Sanitation was poor, and the quality questionable by today's standards. But it was a step forward, and the demand for fresh farm products increased. To keep up with this demand, farmers began to feed silage to keep cows in production throughout winter months. Meanwhile, inventive minds were working on the use of greater power to increase farm output. They first harnessed steam, and for years, smoke and flame were the symbols of a rich harvest. But these I wanted you to hear enough of that to see 
that really as it developed, being close to the soil and how it was brought to abundance, it was a step forward, he said, but also a step away from God. And this has been building. All the way up to 1989 when Ali said Satan really was ready to do implement his plan. One of our longtime supporters who lived in a subdivision that he had the funds and the ability to do this, that he started looking for a farm, so he wanted to have that. He looked at several places, but he found one farm that was fenced and everything set up. So he went to talk to the man. Why was he selling? He had cancer. He was dying. And he was selling off all his equipment and everything. He made an offer for everything. He says, I want to buy the tractor, the implements, everything you have, your inventory. I want to buy all of it. And he did. He had the ability to write him a check. That's the most perfect way to get there and have that. Immediately, he could bring it to life. He was immediately was able to go toward a new way of life. But not everybody could do that. Why is it important that we do these things? You heard on the clip, faith in nature. We need to put our faith in nature. Because when we put our faith in nature, we're putting our faith in God. He provides through nature of what we need. And he rules over it. I would rather be dependent on God and his nature and his reign and what he brings to us as opposed to the Federal Reserve, the currency, all of which is worthless. The dollar bill has no value. If you're fortunate to have the money just to go buy a farm, that's the best thing to do. But that's not always available as far as having the funds. If you got enough equity in your house and you got a house that's worth something and you can change it, or you can change it to a place where you can be more rural, but to build up a farm is a lot of work, a lot of labor, and takes time. We've recommended over and over the Miraculous Medjugorje Round to take your monies, your retirements, and put it in that because you're storing your wealth. If the banks crash and this thing comes down, you lose everything. You won't have your 401ks and you won't have monies in the bank. And everything's pointing to that way. And that's what Ivanka was told. You are in danger because the world and material goods lead you into slavery. That, if you don't want to take my words, you can take Our Lady's words. It's very plain. It's very clear. As many of you know, we designed a one-ounce piece for the purpose to sanctify your money. To use it and make it work for conversion. There is an onslaught buying silver, all kind of silver. The American Eagle is sold out. Everything out there, they're selling junk silver, low-quality coins, for $4 over spot. We never dreamed that would be happening. But the floodgates are open right now because silver has gone down, which is excellent for people to be getting the retirements out and change it over to that. And I'll turn that over to what's happened in the last week and a half with Century Silver. What has happened in the last week and a half with Century Silver is that we've been actually talking ourselves hoarse. We have taken hundreds and hundreds of phone calls, made hundreds of phone calls, 
and hundreds of other communications back and forth with the flood of people who are looking to exchange their paper dollars for the miraculous middle Medjugorje round. One of the biggest things that we've taken away from this last week is not just the fact that people are buying thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of ounces of the miraculous metal Medjugorje around, but it was something that we came to understand a little more clearly. And it's about the book, It Ain't Gonna Happen. If you have not read a friend of Medjugorje's book, It Ain't Gonna Happen, then you simply do not have the full picture about the economic system, its interplay or its relationship to Medjugorje, what's happening in Medjugorje and what Our Lady is doing. Through talking to all these people, we've seen that people say, yeah, I get it, I understand the silver, I want to do a little silver. But you talk to those people later after reading It Ain't Gonna Happen, they speak very differently. The spiritual side of It Ain't Gonna Happen, the economic systems, money, Medjugorje, what Our Lady is doing that a friend of Medjugorje explains in the book really turbo boosts people's conviction. And in thinking about this, we saw that there was a movement from before it ain't going to happen to after reading it ain't going to happen. People moved from a position of knowledge about silver, about the financial systems, to a position of a deeper understanding of it. And then finally, the third phase that we've seen is they've moved to a phase of conviction where they've internalized that. They not only have a knowledge of it, but they believe it. They're convicted by it. And at the conviction stage is when people are really moving to action. Several people right now, they're going to purchase the Miraculous Middle Medjugorje round in amounts between $250,000 and $500,000 a piece. So in the next week, there's going to be about 85,000 ounces of the Miraculous Middle Medjugorje rounds exchanged for. That's basically three tons of silver. So if you have not read the book, It Ain't Gonna Happen, you have to read this book. If you call us, we'll send you a copy for free. It's something, like I said, that will move you from knowledge to understanding to conviction. And we've seen this very, very clearly during the week's activities. One important point to make, especially for those who may be new to Medjinomics or the concept of storing your wealth in physical silver, is what a friend of Medjugorje talked about in It Ain't Gonna Happen based in our, one of Our Lady's messages, where she said to take everything on the earth and, and bring it to a spiritual good. A friend of Medjugorje also writes about, in the book It Ain't Gonna Happen, a special message that Our Lady gave on November 27, 1989, in which she reinvigorated the use of the miraculous medal. In Rudabach, Our Lady said to wear the miraculous medal around your neck. In the 1989 message about the miraculous medal, our Lady said to pray for all those who are carrying the Miraculous Medal. So a friend of Medjugorje took that message and saw a great opportunity for conversion there to place the Miraculous Medal image on a silver round that nobody will throw away, nobody will ever get rid of. When you use these rounds in the future, they'll move out into circulation and touch millions and millions of people, we believe, in the future. When that was released in 2010, the exchange for the Miraculous Metal Medjugorje Round made up 2% of the entire world sales of silver coinage that year. Century Silver operates as a ministry in spreading the Miraculous Metal Medjugorje Round. As a friend of Medjugorje mentioned earlier, almost all silver dealers out there right now are selling even very low-quality silver rounds 
at as little as $4 over spot, oftentimes higher than that. And so again, the purpose of the Miraculous Metal Medjugorje round is twofold. One, to sanctify your money, and two, to preserve it in something that is physical, is real. Your 401k, your stock market accounts, your, your retirement accounts, your, your life insurance, anything, those things can go poof and become valueless overnight as the lessons of history have shown. A friend of Medjugorje has always said that land, way of life, ability to raise your food on your land is more important, is better than silver. But if you can't do that tomorrow, you can exchange for the miraculous metal Medjugorje around immediately. Century Silver Exchange is a for-profit subsidiary of Caritas of Birmingham. It bears its own expenses and pays income taxes on its income. If there is income left over at year-end, it may make a dividend donation to Caritas to further its mission expenses. And we don't claim to be financial advisors, neither does a friend of Medjugorje. What he puts out and what we echo is biblical financial principles that are in Scripture and also in Our Lady's Messages. We provide those to you so that you can make your own informed decision. To contact Century Silver Exchange, call us toll-free at 877-936-7686. You can also visit our website, CenturySilver.com, or email info at CenturySilver.com. That's 877-936-7686. Many people are being educated about the banking system, the Federal Reserve, which has no gold and is not part of the government. It's an entity of itself, and it manages our whole currency. And it's not government. It's private. We encourage you to investigate these things yourself. It's the major part of the plans to Satan to enslave you through debt and even the government borrowing money from the Federal Reserve. The government has to go to them, a private entity. It's said, if you own a gun, you can rob a bank. If you own a bank, you can rob the world. And that's exactly what is happening today. You investigate. Don't trust me. Look into it. Go into these past broadcasts to educate yourself. Our Lady is here for every level. She's told us return to nature. Nature is of God. You will be closer to Him this way instead of further away from Him. We wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. 
This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.